0: what's up fellas welcome back to the how do i dynasty podcast is i cole back from a short break i know it's been a few episodes join with me as usual aaron how are you doing sir
1: i'm doing well it's uh it's a little odd you know back to the the olden days you know you and me recording the pod but uh it's a pleasant change
0: yeah dude the og crew back at it again i'm back on my bs it's a friday night 10.05 10.05 p.m. here in uh, central standard time so we're gonna get this to you guys you'll be hearing it on a saturday so we're just gonna go through uh do a quick preview of this week's games and also run through some of the recent transactions because there's been a lot of trade uh, activity in the last two weeks so let's uh start off with a quick reminder for everybody so when again is the uh, trade deadline
1: the trade deadline is two weeks from yesterday that being uh you know, November 19th is when the trade deadline is going to be, and it is at 4 p.m. sharp. So at 4 p.m. on the dot, you will no longer be able to send trades, receive trades, accept trades, do any kind of trade. Yeah, so get
0: your blockbusters in now before everything uh, stops. But I uh, will go through a few of the uh, recent trades. So we'll start with everything that's happened in November. First, we'll go through the high tide and the hawks trade that was at. 5.24 p.m. Central, well, a.m., sorry, in the morning, so that was super early. So Trent gave up Cliff Kingsbury and Matt Ryan and a 21-4 for Tom Brady. He's obviously trying to win now. Uh, Matt Ryan's had a bit of a down year uh, given his usual standard play, so what do you think about this trade?
1: I think Matt Ryan is still going to be fine for the rest of this year, and so if I was contending, I would feel fine have Matt Ryan as my QB, but I definitely do think that Tom Brady is probably better rest of season, you know, going forward. I don't know how much he's going to have after this year, but especially with Godwin, you know, getting healthy, um, you know, it's, I think he's going to be great this year. And I think that, you know, Trent got the QB that I thought was one of the weaker spots on his roster, you know, aside from the running backs, which Joey loves to rag on.
0: Yeah, Trent's uh, got Tom Brady set for the playoffs here. He's got an absolute cake schedule for uh, the three playoff weeks. He's got at, uh, versus Vikings at Falcons at Lions, so that's pretty solid for him. So good trade all around there as Ryan picks up an additional four and close with Kingsbury and gets younger quarterback. Next, we have uh, one of the blockbuster deals of the week. So I gave up Melvin Gordon, Marquise Brown, Aaron Donald, and a five for Calvin Ridley. And uh, I've always joked with you guys about how the podcast is sort of like a propaganda network and how we kind of try to move to make people do things. And uh, I will say, uh, you guys on the pod were telling me I needed a wide receiver uh, during the, I think it was the midseason recap, and I definitely fell for the bait. Of course, I was thinking it, but getting Calvin Ridley uh, feels pretty good on the squad, given how Marquise Brown has under- underperformed this year. I do think he's got a pretty good ROS schedule, though. So what do you think about the, the deal?
1: I mean, I do think that it's kind of funny given that I know that coming into this year, you were not on the Ridley hype train at all. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, that one league where we are co-owning, I know I had to convince you to get one share from there. But I mean, I think Ryan, you know, sounds like he kind of listened to our pod as well and took our advice about moving one of those big pieces and acquiring multiple assets. I mean... I probably would have liked to have gotten a little bit better draft capital than a fifth in that package overall, but he's now got a running back he can start every week. He's got a receiver with some high upside, and he got arguably the best defensive lineman for IDP purposes. I guess Miles Garrett's outperformed him at the moment, but he got three startable assets and a draft pick for Calvin Ridley, so I do think that rounds out his team a little more.
0: Yep, big boy moves. Next, uh, we're going to go to the Omaha Hawks. Gave up a fourth round pick for Dalton Schultz from the Metropolis Magicians. Not too much to say here, uh, just a minor move, but I uh, guess it works out for both teams. And next, the second to last trade we've got here, I gave up a four and a six to the Spiders for Jason Pierre-Paul and $50. So that helps me out and helps Jason out. He gets two additional picks and uh, gives up some money here because he is the money bags at this point.
1: It's absolutely blasphemous how you would trade Cole, Fab Dollars, and not me, even though I came to you asking for you know not even a player, just straight Fab Dollars. Um, blasphemous.
0: Dude, Jason's a great guy. What can I say?
1: I'd like to differ.
0: <laughs> Lastly, we have the uh, trade made on November 4th at 3.12 p.m. Central Time. We have Cortland Sutton and a 4 from the Magicians going to the Windigos for Will Fuller straight. So we saw in that article that Nick put out about a week ago that he thought that his team was kind of a pretender. So upgrading at wide receiver and getting an additional pick here, moving Will Fuller to a contender, makes sense for both teams here. Uh, Cortland Sutton has the potential higher ceiling. We've seen Will Fuller pop off, and he's having his best year to date at this point. But he's just made of glass, so we'll have to see how this goes for both teams. I think it's a pretty solid deal.
1: I definitely think this was a a win for Nick on this trade in particular, although I do believe that Devin got Cortland Sutton at a pretty cheap price coming into the year. I think it was Melvin Gordon and a two. So he didn't really get any use out of Cortland Sutton as he got injured for the year uh, before the season started, if I recall. And so he gets out of it, gets Will Fuller, who can actually step into starting lineup every week as he's been doing really well with Deshaun Watson. But I'm not a fan of Will Fuller just personally. so I would definitely take Nick side in the steal if I was him.
0: Like we said, very good on the field. But he's made of glass, so we'll have to see how it goes. And now we're going to transition into our previews for the week. So like we said, it is Saturday, so you guys are getting this pod one day before. So we'll see if there's any uh, injury changes here, but it is a Friday night and we are recording. So firstly, we will start with the Boston Clams against the Winnipeg Wendigos. We had uh, Thursday Night Football already show up and Joey is starting off with the negative two from Kyle Shanahan as the Niners got smacked down pretty good. 16 points for Nick right now, with Michael Hasty putting up a pretty bad game and Jarek McKinnon putting up a 14-point game. So there's an 18-point spread, and uh, we'll have to see how this goes. But what are you thinking uh, it's going to end like?
1: I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. Joey, I guess, has not set his lineup yet this week as he's got – Multiple players currently in there on a bye. It doesn't look like he actually has enough starting defensive linemen to field full lineup this week as he has two on bye in his lineup and only one in the reserves that he can play. Joey's team, it's very hit or miss as to what they're going to do on any given week. DJ Moore has, you know, it could be a shootout against Kansas City. And Darius Slayton has a matchup against a pretty porous football team secondary but i think joey needs josh allen to kind of come to you know that early season form of josh allen against the seahawks who have a terrible defense uh if that game's a shootout i can definitely see josh allen going for 30 35 points and that could be enough to pull off the win as nick's team is very it's in disarray right now i mean look at the receivers that he's starting uh they speak for themselves and not in a good way and just if if Nick's going to win this game, I think it is going to come down to that defense. He does have a lot of high point volume guys on that side of the football, and he has Russell Wilson. So those QBs might actually just kind of cancel each other out. We'll have to see how that goes. But um, but I'll go ahead and give the win to the Clams, although I feel like this might be a low-scoring contest uh, for both teams.
0: Yeah, looking at the rosters, like you said, it is going to be a, uh, an interesting game for sure here. Uh, the best running back in the game is on the Lendigos, but getting that dud from Hasty does kind of hurt, so we'll have to see what happens, but uh, yeah, starting Jacoby Myers doesn't feel too great, but like you said, uh, I'm expecting a bounce-back week from John New at some point. Maybe this is the week the uh, the Bears tend to give up a decent amount of points to tight ends, so I'm rooting for John New this week. and uh, We'll just have to wait and see what Joey does on the defensive uh, side of the ball, but I'm probably also going to go with the Clams for this one just uh, due to the wide receiver discrepancy there. So we're going clams for the first game for the second game. We've got the Grivers against the magicians. we got two heavyweights going at it here. So starting off looking at Dylan's team here, Devonta Freeman, I had seen an article today that he has been ruled out for Sunday. So we'll have to wait and see what Dylan's going to do at that RB2 slot. If he chooses to start one, Tevin Coleman already had his game, so that's not going to be an option. So it's going to be interesting for him with uh, T.Y. Hilton also being ruled out. So it's probably going to be Julian. Oh, Julian Edelman's out too, right? Yes, he is. Okay, so going to be an interesting uh, flex play for Dylan here against the magicians who have scored the most points on the year. So who do you think is going to get the dub in this one?
1: Well, I think as things currently stand right now, it's, you know, i lost cause in that flex spot for Dylan as really his only options are Jeff Smith and Dion Lewis as even if Tony Pollard starts, that just means that Zeke Elliott in his lineup is out. So it really isn't much of a net gain there. I, Dylan's team has just been very hamstrung by injuries all throughout mm-hmm. this year. Devin is fortunate to have, you know, for the first time in several weeks, having have multiple of these stud running backs in the lineup as Dalvin Cook's coming off that massive performance, and I still think Devin's team is all around just more well-rounded at this point. I talked about it on the pod last week. I don't see anything in his lineup that is you know, particularly glaring in terms of weaknesses, so I'm going to go ahead and give the win to the Magicians.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give you a hot take for this game here. I know that he's been out of action for a long time. You know what I'm going to say here probably, but I think AB is going to have a pretty solid game his first game back. Year, I'm going to project 20 points for Antonio Brown against the Saints. And given the fact that Chris Godwin's been limited all week, I'm not expecting him to do a crazy amount of uh, damage on the field here. They'll probably take him a little bit light, hopefully, here. And Antonio Brown is still a stud, light wearer over the last two years. So Will coming in also should provide a nice uh, jolt to the receiving core, given the fact that Jacksonville has just been awful all year. So I will also go with uh, Devin for the dub in this one. And coming in, in our third matchup, we have got the Sharks against the Retrievers here. Two of these central teams battling it out to see who is going to have the top pick, and I promise that's not BM. Jabir's come to life over the last few weeks here, given the uh, the running back points, especially last week. He had a good performance from all of his running backs. And then uh, Chase Claypool's been very, very good, which I don't think many people were expecting this early. Tyler Lockett's been a stud. So it all is going to come down to if those players can continue to put up big points, the Retrievers are getting a huge boost at running back this week with Christian McCaffrey back. Chase Edmonds is going to be starting with Drake out. And Deontay Johnson is going to be back against Pittsburgh this week. He's been banged up a lot this year. So it's going to be a, a, a tight win here. But who are you projecting to get the dub in this one?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Jabir's team has definitely turned it around these past couple weeks. The running back position is still the, uh, the crutch on this roster. I'm not a fan of Zach Moss personally. I know he had a good game last week, but I just. Don't have a ton of faith in him. Phil Lindsay, I've always liked, but you know, with Melvin Gordon, you know, being a little more healthy, I hope Lindsay gets more involvement. I think while Hunter does have Christian McCaffrey coming back, we'll have to see how involved he is. I mean, I know that the Kansas City rush defense is awful, but while he does have that high, you do have to look at some of the other starters on this roster, like Anthony Furkser, Mike hilton who has not played in several weeks dj wanham chase winovich who has fallen off the wayside in new england since his uh, first couple weeks of the season I-, I think there's just a lot of goose egg potential on the retrievers roster and given how hot the sharks have been i'm gonna go ahead and give them the win although i would not be surprised if this ended up being one of those matchups where both teams finish in the top six for the week
0: it's kind of bad luck for the retrievers this week, given that Ayuk was uh, pulled out due to potential COVID concerns, Folgum on by and uh, Alshon Jeffrey on by as well, not coming back. That would have been a little bit of a boost to the lineup as well. Might be able to stick Marvin Jones in there, but also at running back having the Rams guys all out this week does kind of hurt. So just some bad uh, bye week luck there for the retrievers, but This is going to be a close one, and uh, I will probably go with the Sharks to continue riding the hot streak. I think that J.K. Dobbins is going to pretty much take that job over here from this point on. We'll have to wait and see what the Ravens choose to do. But given the fact that Claypool has performed really well, Corey Davis is having a Devontae Parker-like resurgence, Lockett is a beast, and A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown, I think we can project this team to finish the year relatively strong given what we expected before. Next, we got the Duckies and the Hawks here. Another central battle going on. So I would just like to get this out of the way after we talked, you guys talked on the uh, the midseason show here. I think that uh, Dan, just thinking about it the other day, him being able to next year pair Alan Kamara and Saquon Barkley, and given the fact that Justin uh, Jefferson has showed out and pretty much given an all-time performance for wide receiver his first few weeks of the season as a rookie, this, this core is just looking really, really, really bright for the Duckies, and I was thinking about how uh, great his future is going to be as long as he can manage it properly. But going forward for the rest of the year here, I'm thinking he's probably going to finish around the uh, mid-portion of the league and potentially make a uh, playoff spot winning the division, but the Hawks standing in the way here. Huge upgrade getting uh, Melvin Gordon at running back, and then uh, Marquise Brown at receiver is a downgrade from Calvin Ridley, but still going to be potent and have explosion games. I think Marquise Brown is currently the league leader in air yards. So an explosion game is coming at some point and the Hawks pretty lucky that uh, TJ Hawkinson's been a beast. So the faith in him has been rewarded since George Kittle's out you get that plug and play tight end production. But who are you going to go in this one?
1: Yeah, this game has some pretty huge playoff implications as I would be willing to bet that whoever wins this matchup is going to be in the front seat for the division lead here in the central. The Hawks did win this in week one or No, apologies. It was week three that these two teams faced off. And looking at Ryan's roster, I mean, I would say it looks a little bit more well-rounded now that he has those starters, but it does hurt not having the star production that Calvin Ridley can offer. Nelson Aguilar has been uh, in a very non-pretty fashion, been a very solid fantasy contributor, as has Scotty Miller. We'll have to see if Marquise Brown... You know, the the squeaky wheel gets the, the grease as he was complaining about his lack of involvement in recent weeks. And when you just look at the defensive players that Dan is going to be starting this week, I don't really have a whole lot of confidence on that side of the football for Dan. And he's starting Wayne Gallman, who is about the least inspiring running back I think I've ever seen on a football field. And so just given the, the buys that Dan has to roster, you know, T Higgins not being out there kind of hurts him. I'm going to have to go ahead and give this one to the Hawks. And I do still think that they are the the team to be in the central.
0: All right. So I think I'm going to probably go with the duckies for this matchup as I think Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson and Alvin Kamara are going to be a little bit too much star power for the Hawks to overcome here. We'll just have to uh, see if, Melvin Gordon can put up big against the Atlanta Falcons and see if Marquise Brown can finally get back on track here. But having a few studs out for the Hawks is going to hurt. And I think the Duckies are going to come out with the dub this week. Next, we're moving out to a West Division matchup. We have the Spiders at the Paladins here. Let's get some analysis. What you got?
1: Well, my team had its best performance of the year in week three when I faced the Spiders. And my roster is, for the first time, close being at full strength. I'm still having to start Damian Harris, who hasn't been awful. He's been serviceable as an RB2 for fantasy purposes, and I finally get Michael Thomas back. Obviously, Tyler Boyd, the current wide receiver 8, being on by hurts a little bit, but it's still a very potent offensive lineup. Great performance from Fred Warner putting up 12 points, but that is offset by Chris Barnes, who got taken out pretty early in that Thursday night game, and then tested positive for COVID the day after. Uh, we're going to have to hope that didn't spread or anything like that. It. No, absolutely. I think my roster is in the best spot it's been in several weeks. And when I look across and look at Jason's lineup, he's he's a strong team. I, I'm not going to discount it. I think LaMichael P. Ryan in the flex is pretty disgusting. And I might just have to excuse myself here from the pod for a minute after just looking at that. Uh, And then Jordan Akins in the starting lineup, he doesn't really have any better options at tight end unless he starts the corpse of Jimmy Graham. And just given given the intense rivalry here between these two teams, I do anticipate the Paladins are going to smack the Spiders.
0: Smack. Smack them in the mouth, dude. See, I was going to not go as heavily. As to say smack, but I think that given the uh, the buys for the Spiders this week and the fact that Kenyon Drake's is going to be out, they're going to have a little bit of trouble putting up uh, big points this week. But normally, if uh, these two teams are full strength, it would be a little bit more difficult to predict, but I'm probably also going to go with the Paladins this week. I just think getting Michael Thomas back is going to be a pretty big boost and having some of those big players out for the Spiders is going to hurt a little bit. So we're going to go to Spiders in this one. And finally, your last matchup of the, of the week. It is the Los Angeles Wildfire against the Honolulu High Tide. What do you got in this one?
1: Well, obviously, one of the big issues in this matchup are injuries. As for, I think, most rosters in the league, it's been by weeks here in week nine. But you're obviously going to have to deal with Jonathan Taylor being a little hobbled. You're going to have to hope that he comes out and plays that, you know. of what he can play at. Obviously, we haven't really seen that much this year aside from, I can't remember the opponent where he had like 26 carries and looked really good, and then they've decided to start using Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins for some godforsaken reason. It
0: was injuries last week. I think uh, Taylor had a hobbled ankle, if I'm correct. I could be wrong, Mm -hmm. but...
1: No, no, it's a hobbled ankle, and so we'll just have to hope that he is healthy as I'm sure that he would like to say that he is. Um, and then on Trent's side, the big injury has to be Chris Godwin. He's been dealing with injuries all year. I believe it's a – is it a hamstring? I think it's a
0: finger for Godwin. Yeah, they were talking hamstring. about all week. The, uh, if he could actually catch the football was the big headline, which is kind of odd for the wide receiver. But he looks like he's going to be good to go. They just might have him a little bit limited.
1: You know, so it it's kind of hard to say. These are two of the best teams here in the league. I do when I just look up and down across the rosters, I do think in this matchup I'm going to have to give a slight edge to the high tide. But I do I will absolutely say that I think this is a two top six scoring you know matchup here. I think both teams are going to be in the top six, and so no one's coming away here 0 and two on the week, which doesn't offer us a whole lot of clarity in the division.
0: Yeah, I have a hard time uh, saying that I'm going to get the win. We'll have to uh, wait and see what happens here. Aaron Jones uh, was going to get started regardless if he was in the starting lineup. There were a bunch of takes about him being on a pitch count, and it didn't look like he was. He put up a pretty solid day for not scoring a touchdown. But uh, both uh, Trent and I are going to be starting some backups this week, so it's going to come down to how much Godwin puts up. And then for me, if Ridley is going to be a little bit limited as well, as he has a minor injury, as well, so I'm gonna. I guess if I can go with myself, I'll just have to say Trent. So, but again, it's a toss-up. It's it's gonna go either way. It depends on Jordan Wilkins if he's gonna really do anything, and then Jordan Howard to match him. We have two mediocre running backs being flexed this week, so maybe that's what decides the week. But we are excited to get into it again. This is Week Nine, I believe, right? Yeah, Week Nine. So, surprised we have uh, made it this far given uh, the all the COVID. Uh, that has come through the headlines recently, especially here. It seems like it's kind of blowing up, but we're kind of trucking through. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind if the league ended right now, but it's all good.
1: I wish the the of games were a little bit more appealing in terms of the NFL landscape as all the buys and a litany of injuries have just kind of forced some really suspect players into starting lineups uh, pretty much for every team in the league. So hopefully things will be a lot better next week when we don't have quite as many teams on by
0: you know suspect is the right word definitely but uh yep even though you uh you got a bunch of dudes starting some some jags it's all good it's gonna be a fun week so we'll see you guys out there good luck to you yep,
1: good luck later have a good weekend